Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, play the game again. Everybody's gonna lose and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. This is my lucky day. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Get Rich Quick with Josh. And Noel. Right here on... Uh, what's the name of it? Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. You're home for radios that are free in Brooklyn. Yeah. Back in the 70s, if you had a radio, it was free for someone else. You know what I'm saying? But only in Brooklyn. Smash and grab. That's right. Um, this is a show where I, Josh Rubin, and I know Deneen. come together once a week uh, over one topic. We get great ideas together for you guys on how to get rich quickly with those topics and uh we give them to you over the airwaves yeah we don't mess around we don't ask for money up front we do not try to sell you on some one-size-fits-all garbage like the rest of those clowns on the interwebs do nope and all we ask in return noel is is 10 percent. you tithe us you give us 10 percent of everything you make that's it that's the deal you don't like it turn off the radio now yeah, there you go. That about sums it up. Um, Noel wanted us to try shortening that mess up, and we did. And now we've got an extra 14 minutes to fill. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see how this episode goes. How you doing, Noel? How are things? I am doing pretty good. I was thinking about something. Yeah, what? Yeah. So uh, I used to do stuff at uh, Improv Olympic in Chicago. Yeah, what kind of stuff? Improv. Like, like cleaning the bathrooms? Like improv. Uh, I probably the, cleaned the bathroom helping, at some helping, point. Helping people get their tight pants on? Yes, I was the tight pant helper. Were you the guy that they walked around? Mr. Shoehorn. Were you the guy that showed up and like, I'll do anything to do improv? And they'll be like, okay, we'll we'll got some work for you to do, kid. No. no, no and then you never, never ended up on stage? Like that. You were You were that guy. No. You were that guy. You kept the green room stocked with sodas and salami. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I performed. Uh huh. But mm-hmm. point being, yeah. So uh, I don't know if you know anything about Improv Olympic, but no. the uh, the owners of it, Sharon Halpern and uh, Del Close. Uh huh. And uh, Del Close <clears throat> is kind of considered like the father of long form improv yes he is i've never heard the other person's name was she like is it she's a like she? yeah she was more the business person oh, and he okay. was like the artistic. he was the creative uh yeah mind behind it so it's not like she was someone who actually was also a big part of the creation of the system and then uh didn't get the 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 credit she deserved because of the patriarchy no 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 she uh she did you know she she is considered a good teacher and she's also written one of the most popular books about long form improv. Yeah, but all the I've only heard of Del Close. Like everyone I hear talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Del the Close, he's the Del dude. Del Close, Del Close. Uh and so at the place I had taken <clears throat> Del a few times. He's an interesting guy. He uh he had been a comic book writer at one point mm-hmm. and had uh <coughs> been a contemporary at the time with uh L. Ron Hubbard. And he and they would read each other's stuff, and he told L. Ron Hubbard, "You know, you should take this and make a religion out of it." 
and he'd always tell these stories about uh having sex with like Elaine May and Mike Nichols found out and tried to kill me and like all these stories like that. But I, May and Nichols weren't a couple, were they? Nichols and May, yeah. I thought they weren't a couple. Yeah, they were. Okay. Um but he he was had a very interesting life, including he was also a uh a warlock in whatever uh Wiccan church. Oh, really? Yes. Uh so he he died. <laughs> Nice segue. Yeah, and uh-huh. uh, I was at the theater one time, mm-hmm. and Sharon comes up to me, and she's all distraught, and she's like, "Noel, I need you to do me a favor." And this wasn't stock the green room mm-hmm. <laughs> or wash the bathroom. It was mm-hmm. uh, Dell's in the trunk. I need you to go out and get him. I can't do it. <laughs> so I go, "Okay, I'll go get him," and I go out there and open the trunk, and there's an urn. That's like shaped like a book. Mm-hmm. And I bring it in for her, and she's like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then she comes up to me in a bit, and she's like, you know, uh, after the theater closes tonight, we're going to have a seance for Dell if you want to stick around. It'll just be like people that have been around the theater a long time. So I'm like, okay. So, uh, you know, I, I don't believe in that stuff, but of all seances I want to be at, yeah, I want to be at Dell closes <coughs> seance. Yeah. The dude who was... A warlock in whatever the mm-hmm. the Wiccan church or mm-hmm. whatever the church. I don't know what church. Okay, at. but whatever. Yeah. he's a he's a warlock. Yeah, so uh, ordained. Yes. Uh huh. So then uh, the theater closes. People start filtering out, and somehow it ended up not just being people that have been around the theater a long time. They were like these like five women who were like new and like. Have you ever hung out with improv people? Not in a long time. There's a lot of them that get like real weird and obsessed with improv, right? Okay. Uh, and, and improv the, people tend to be on all the time. Yeah. Well, more the, so and, than any other performers. Yeah. The, and these people were in the the phase where they're just infatuated with improv. Mm-hmm. So we <clears throat> all go on the stage and put chairs in a circle. Any famous people there? I mean, he was beloved by many. At the seance? Yeah. No, it was just who, people that were at the theater that okay. night. Um, there, there, you know, if I thought about it, there'd probably be some people that uh, are now famous. There, yeah, were, there was a lot I of mean. people came out of there. I know. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I'm not going to think about it right now. Okay. But uh, so we put a bunch of chairs in a circle, put the a chair in the middle with the ashes on them, mm-hmm. and uh, dim the lights. And like everyone kind of like meditates, and Sharna says something to like set the mood, and then people start asking questions mm-hmm. to Dell, mm-hmm. and these women kept butting in and saying things like, "Dell, can you tell me how to be funny?" <laughs> and like <laughs> and things like that, like Dell. How do I get on a team? And things like that. And it was just like, what? <laughs> you are get a chance to be at the seance of Del Close. And that's your question? Do you think they were trying to be funny or do you think they were no, being serious? No, they were they just were being, being serious? everything wrong right. with the improv scene. I gotcha. Everything wrong that's with the great. improv scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so upsetting. That, I love that that's the questions that you ask at a seance. Oh, yeah. Del, how do I get on a team? <laughs> 
And so did Dell answer any questions at all? Nothing. Did he come back? Nothing got answered. Do you think he was just uh, like, oh, fucking improv people? He might have been. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Over. I'm glad I'm dead. I'm so over these people. Yeah. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah. And interestingly enough, that story, yes. remarkably, yeah. ties right in with today's topic. Yeah, it sure does, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Weird how that happened. What is today's topic, Today's Noel? topic is witches, how to get rich. How to get witch with them. <laughs> You're like a British guy. You're like, uh, uh, there's a particular, the the whole not being able to pronounce R's uh-huh. is a very particular uh, British thing, British uh, speech impediment. Really? Yes. And there's one very famous guy who had a talk show uh-huh. forever, Jonathan Ross, uh-huh. who has that terribly. And, you know, in England, you know, people make fun of it, but it's it's kind of a pretty, like, it's something, he, but you never hear anyone with that issue here. I think it's generally people who are very posh, It's mm-hmm. but they really can't uh, uh, pronounce their R's, say things like that. Jonathan Was. Really? Uh-huh. Really? 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 Mr. President, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Buckingham Powers. Powers. Even though that's not an R, that's an L. Um, Del Close one time, uh huh. there was a dude who was real sticky in the class, mm-hmm. right? And uh, <clears throat> he kicked the guy out. And he told him, go to the office and tell him I said to give you a refund. <laughs> I don't. You shouldn't be doing improv. I can't believe you're laughing at me. <laughs> no, actually, I still know that person. Oh, do you? Yeah. I, well, I won't give his name out. What was that person's reaction when that when that happened? He was upset. That was Del Close kicking you out and <laughs> uh-huh. telling you you have no business doing improv. That, you're not funny. <laughs> so did they just go and get a gig at another improv place? Uh, they actually started another place. Oh, really? Yeah. What was the name of that place? That uh, that was it was a branch of something else. It was uh-huh. called Gorilla Theater. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you keep going, even though someone of that stature tells you. That you should not be doing this. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, with all due respect, like, I think he did a really good job at setting a very high bar of uh, what improv should be. Mm-hmm. And uh, he made a lot of, in- he, was, he, he was very interesting, and he made a lot of, like, interesting, he made you think about improv in an interesting right. way. Was he funny? Uh, yeah. But he, uh... <laughs> that, was that your question? Uh, uh... When you did the seance, you go, hey, Dell, I always wanted to ask you this. How a guy who's not so funny <laughs> end up becoming the king of fucking improv? Can you answer me that, Dell? Yeah. Riddle From me this. Beyond? Riddle me this. Uh, so, but he, uh, maybe it was different when he was younger, but at this point, unless you were a hot chick doing something dirty in a scene, he wouldn't remember that you did that. <laughs> like he'd he'd always he'd remember what went on. Uh-huh. But he'd always be like, "Who was that? Who did that? Uh, who was that?" And he'd like and he'd talk through things, but he would never remember who did what unless you were a hot chick doing something dirty. Yeah, guys in theater mm-hmm. when they hit a certain age, like particularly like sixties, seventies, yeah, uh, and they teach, they're they're particularly lecherous. I remember going to. I don't a, think he was sleeping with any of them. I'm not saying he was sleeping with any of them. I'm just saying there's a lechery, yeah, to them, and that's along those lines. I remember going to an HB class and auditing a Herbert Berghoff class while mm-hmm. he was still alive, and the guy was like 80 years old, and 
this girl is on stage doing this scene where she's supposed to be naked and looking in a mirror. Right? And she's clearly uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Um, and he stops the scene, like just stops it and starts shouting at her. What do you do when you are naked? This is what you do when you are naked? You are not fucking naked. What do you think you are doing? What do you think you are doing? And he makes her, he like stands up behind her and gets really close to her. Ooh. And is in her ear and he's going, you touch yourself when you're naked. What? You rub your body when you're naked. What? And he'd make, he made her stand in front of the mirror. Didn't She was dressed, but made her start rubbing her body. And then she, he, he sits down and he says, Come here and sit on my lap. What? And made her sit on his she lap. She didn't be she, <clears throat> she wasn't just like, no way, dude. No, she was like, she was look, this is this is that example of that situation uh. where it's like, <clears throat> you know, where the line is really weird, right? It's like, you know, it's a weird thing in acting. And, you know, I know I felt really uncomfortable with it, so I can't imagine what it felt like to her. I know I she was yeah. I know she was in tears mm-hmm. uh afterwards, but you sure. know, the question was whether that was what he was going for or not, or whether he was just like it was just a fucking power trip over a pretty young woman, Ugh. you know. But I remember like walking out of there just feeling fully heebie-jeebied. Yeah, by the whole thing. There was this weird like hippie chick at the theater who uh, was would beg Dell to let her have his kid. and he was like, "No way." People like that are so weird. And then when he died. She did a show. Do you know what like the Armando is? It's it's same as what the Ascat is here, where they okay. have a monologist yeah, yeah. and then they do scenes off it. Uh-huh. So she was the Armando uh, one week, and she had gotten them to agree where she was going to go on stage and like eat some of Dell's ashes. Oh God! During the show, oh, God. and then. Uh, she like apparently did some sort of crazy drugs too and was like freaking out and she was like snorting his ashes <laughs> and like <laughs> and all this stuff it was, uh, and then it got out of hand it got out of hand I'm, I'm not gonna go into the whole thing because that uh-huh. would be another 90 minutes yeah that's crazy yeah dude. i know that's amazing yeah um maybe she was a witch Maybe she was a witch. Maybe she was trying to get rich off of snorting Dell's ashes. Yeah. But it clearly didn't work for her, Noel. I don't think so. So how do you think someone's going to get rich off of witches? I'll tell you. Uh, So, you guys, in 1486, there was the Malleus Maleficarum, a.k.a. Hammer of the Witches, was published. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, this was a book that explained witches, their behavior, how to spot a witch, how to track a witch, uh, and how to handle a witch once you do, how to try them and punish them. Mm-hmm. Um, and for over 200 years, this book was the second best-selling book in the world. After the Bible, that was the only thing that sold more for it. For 200 years. Um, and it... Uh, it, it kicked off the European obsession with witches, and it became the handbook for secular courts uh, throughout Renaissance Europe. Uh, And here's a quote from something I read about it. Alleged, among other things, that witches collected large number of men's penises and kept them in boxes where they moved around as if alive and ate oats and corn. 
So basically what you're saying is what was then known as a witch is what we call a wife now. <laughs> well, they don't have large numbers of them. They just have one. Uh-huh. These well, Some of them. These would have large numbers of them, and they would feed them oats and corn. Uh-huh. Uh, feed the penises oats and corn? Yeah. Like they like they were livestock. Well, I, this so this is my question, right? Uh-huh. So, okay, I can buy into that in a time like that, you would believe that witches have these kind of powers uh-huh. and and that kind of stuff. Um, but then when it says that the witches feed your the penises oats and corn, uh-huh. at what point do you not just go, you know what? As long as I've had a penis uh-huh. as a man. But it, but as long as I've had a penis through your mouth, without you to sustain it, it needs to eat on its own. My penis has never shown a desire to go and eat some oats and corn. Really? It doesn't ever sniff around? Nope. My never, penis. Never, you're never eating corn on the cob and you look down and it's poking out your pants going like, what's going on It's up there? funny you say that. I was uh, <laughs> uh, by a cornfield. <laughs> yeah. And my groin just started pulling me towards the field. Uh-huh. And I kept pulling away and it would pull me and pull away. And then I was like, this is so weird. And I just left. Yeah. But maybe that's what it was. I think it was. My penis was hungry yeah. for it, the, a classic penis staple of corn. Yeah. Uh-huh. Penises of Mike the Headless Chicken. Love corn and oats. Uh, so uh, eventually the hammer of the witches was discarded, and now we look at it back as if it was a novelty item. But I can't help thinking, what if it was true? What if it was right? <clears throat> right? Uh, over the past few decades, there has been a growing panic in Africa and Asia over penis snatchings. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, Stari Zubazi was walking along the street one day in Lagos, minding his own business, when two men approached him, asked him for directions, and walked away. As they did, Staris felt something strange in his body, in his pants. He felt his penis disappear. He was sure the two men had taken it. Uh-huh. The, so the belief that one's penis had vanished is a condition known in medical literature as general, genital ret- retraction syndrome, or Koro, a name that originally comes from the island of Sulawesi in Indonesia, where it was initially written down on a local dictionary as meaning the shrinking of the penis. <laughs> Usually the penis is felt to reappear upon examination, or it's replaced with something where someone else's, or only its essence is thought to be stolen, leaving nothing but a husk. Oh, my God. Yep. Uh, so, And these victims of penis snatchings universally blame witches. Well, who else would you blame? Yep. A penis theft episode typically involves four stages. First, the victim has an odd encounter, such as a stranger unexpectedly shaking his hand. Next is the sensation of an electric shock or chill traveling to his genitals. Third, he checks his crotch and becomes convinced his penis, testicles, or both have been stolen or shrunken. The final step is crying thief and enlisting <laughs> others to confront the suspect, sometimes with the victim stripping on the spot to prove his genitals are gone. <laughs> I like that the final step is calling, is screaming thief. Yeah. Like, if you don't do that, 
then you 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 haven't yeah. completed the uh it's the basically cycle. the timestamp. Uh-huh. Uh <laughs> in eighty four to eighty five in China there were over three thousand men. There was a rash of it. There were over three thousand men that had their penises stolen. Mm-hmm. In twenty ten in India, in southern India, there were a hundred men in two weeks that had their penises stolen. They might have actually been cut off. Uh so these often result in catching and lynching the witch. Mm-hmm. But come on, we live in a civilized society now. Isn't there a better way? Nope. Uh, how do we ward off witches? Well, garlic was used for years to ward off witches, rubies, hazel, iron, which is considered one of the best ways to ward off a witch. So this is what you're going to do, people out there. You are going to make witch-proof underwear. You are going to make... Uh, you're, you're gonna have garlic in there, maybe a little pouch where you can put a fresh little clove every mm-hmm. time you put it on. Uh, there's gonna be rubies, some hazel. There's gonna be uh, some iron thread in there, maybe or witch, maybe witch hazel. Uh, well, apparently, it, even though it's called witch hazel, witches stay away from it. Hmm. Uh, and and you're gonna make this underwear that no witch will go near. Their powers won't be able to get through. And we won't have to go around lynching people anymore. It, it, it'll just be, keep your weird green witch hands off my penis. And we will save the penises of Asia and Africa. Asia and Africa, that's a big population. It is. You Not can necessarily sell. as much money as one might think. Yeah, but volume, volume, volume. That's true. Right? That's true. That's it, guys. You make, you make witch-proof underwear. Stop the penis snatching. You eat the oats and the corn. Africa has a terrible obsession with witches. They yeah. still have a very deep belief in witchcraft and witches. Oh, yeah. And this is their main occupation of what these witches do. Yeah. Yeah. You must be a witch. Because <laughs> it's nothing but a husk. <laughs> My penis is missing. <laughs> um, Yeah, that's a good one, Noel. I like that. Yeah. Witch-proof underwear. I think you're, you know, that's a lot of men, especially in China. Oh yeah, I mean that's well, and it was all of Asia. It wasn't just there were there were it. I could have listed if you want. Yeah, but China is specifically is like the population is like two thirds men, right? Well, the two examples I gave were China and India. Right. Okay. So there you go. There you go. Those are the two most populous countries in the world. In the world. In the world. In the world. Possibly the universe. Possibly. I mean, we don't know of any other populations in the universe no. other than on this world. Yeah. So if they're the two most populous countries in our world, yeah. they're certainly the two most popul- populous countries in the known universe. Yes. <laughs> All of these points are correct, Josh. <laughs> Josh is panicking that we shortened that middle at the not, beginning. I'm not panicking at all. I just like to be truthful and factual. <laughs> There's no panic here whatsoever. I'm looking forward to the last five minutes of us just staring at each other. Oh, yeah. It'll be great. Um, Noel. Yep. Let's talk about that similar time that you brought up okay. with your little bookie-wookie okay. that you were talking about. Um, what's interesting about all of that is... Uh, between 900 and 1400 AD, uh, the belief in witches was very strong in Europe. Mm-hmm. But the Catholic Church 
was unwilling to even admit that witches existed. Oh, yeah. They shunned it. Let alone try them for the crime. To the point that uh, uh, in 1258, Pope Alexander IV had to issue a canon to prevent uh, uh, lay people from prosecuting people for witchcraft. Mm -hmm. They didn't believe in it. Um, But come like 1550, uh, the Catholic Church switched their uh, feelings about that. They reversed the position entirely, claimed that witches not only existed, but they were out there in droves, and to protect citizens against the perilous threat witchcraft posed to their safety and well-being had to be prosecuted and punished wherever they were found. Okay. Um, In a 150-year period from 1550 to uh, 1700, I believe, uh, 80,000 peoples had been tried for witchcraft and about 43,000 of them were executed. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, And that was kicked off by that book. Yeah. And, well, so this is where we will, our, our ideas differ because I, so I found this paper mm-hmm. that was written by two economists, Peter Leeson and Jacob Russ of George Mason University okay. in Virginia. And they looked at the witch trials in that period of time of witches, and they notice some patterns. Okay. And while going through these patterns, what they realized was is that these trials reflected what they call or what is called a non-price competition between the Catholic and Protestant churches Mm -hmm. for religious market share. What non-price... Do you know what non-price competition is? No. So non-price competition is a market situation in which competitors do not lower prices for fear of a price war. Instead, they focus on extensive promotions to highlight the distinctive benefits or features of their products. Okay. So basically, they go into a battle where they say, our product is better than the other guy's product, even though they're basically the same, but here's why. Mm -hmm. So it's Coke and Pepsi. So basically, in this case, though, it was... Catholicism and Protestantism. Now, sort of, the belief was is that by leveraging the popular belief in witchcraft, witch prosecutors advertise their confessional brands, their commitment and power to protect citizens from worldly worldly manifestations of Satan's evils. Mm-hmm. And the data actually shows that witch hunts took off only after the Reformation in 1517. Mm-hmm which is when Protestantism started to spread. And uh, uh, that was really the first time after the Reformation where there was any real competition to the Catholic Church at large. Okay, And some of the stuff, uh, uh, and basically say when churchgoers have a choice, have a religious choice, churches must compete, right? Mm-hmm. As with any kind of product. When you have a choice, you must compete. Uh, and when you look at the numbers, Germany, which was ground zero for the Reformation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, nearly 40% of all witchcraft prosecutions in Europe happened in Germany. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, Scotland, where there were different strains of Protestantism that were in competition uh-huh. uh, had something like 4,000 uh, 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 people tried. 
While in contrast, when you take all of Spain, Italy, Portugal, and Ireland, which were solid Catholic strongholds, and four major countries uh-huh. in Europe, uh, particularly uh, uh, Spain and Italy, um, a total of 6% of all of the witch trials in Europe happened in those four countries combined. Uh-huh. Okay? So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Right? And so as I was like, okay, but what can I do with that, right? And I was sort of looking, and I, I had read a Pew, Pew uh, uh, Forum, uh, uh, what, do you, what do you call those things? <laughs> uh, the Pew Research does, uh, oh my God. Surveys? Surveys, thank okay. you. A Pew, a, Pew, a Pew Forum survey, and they found... Family Pewed. They found that the number of Catholics in the United States, this is a two, 2015 poll, uh-huh. the number of Catholics in the United States dropped by 3 million in an eight-year period of time. Okay. Uh, at one point, it was the general belief that no matter what, 25% of the United States of America would always be Catholic. And uh-huh. what that meant was for every person that left the church, there was at least one person who was coming into the church. Uh-huh. For every person that left the church, there was one person being born who was going to be Catholic, sure. and so on yeah. and so on and so on. So this was the first time it had dropped and had become only 20% of the population. That was three years ago. Um, what they also realized was they, for every one Catholic convert, more than six Catholics leave the church. Uh-huh. Okay? And that... Catholicism loses more member than it gains at a higher rate than any other denomination, with nearly 13% of all Americans describing themselves as former Catholics. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, Catholicism didn't su- actually didn't surprise me that much. I was surprised at how sort of quickly the numbers started going down. Yeah. But it explains you start to see Catholicism is trying to figure out how to bring people back into sure. the fold, right? That's one of the reasons, suppose, they brought in this hip, you know, cool, cool pope, pope yeah. right? Um, they, they, I don't know if those stats consider my family, because they're all Irish Catholic, and man, they're having a lot of kids. Yeah, well, they Another do. one this week. Yeah, oh, congratulations, family Deneen. Um, and then I was thinking about millennials, right? Yep. So millennials, I mean, we know they're terrible voters, uh-huh. but we also know that they're going to be the largest demographic in the country uh-huh. uh, in a couple of years, right? We yep. discussed that, I think, the last episode even. It was recent. Or two episodes, one or two, two episodes maybe. ago, yeah. where we discussed- oh, the last one, populism. That the, yeah. Right, that the baby boomers are going to uh, stop being the number ones yeah. within a couple of years. <sighs> Can't be soon enough. And 35% of the country is going to be millennials, Yeah, right? But- According to another Pew survey, more adults think a belief in God is not necessary to, ha- not necessary to have good values and be a moral person. Mm-hmm. A growing share of millennials between 18 to 29 is starting to doubt the existence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and the portion of young people who never doubted God's existence dropped from 81% mm-hmm. to 67%. Okay. Um, and a recent report just this summer 
said that millennials are partaking in a number of non-religious spiritual practices, primarily Wiccan. Okay. Okay? So now what we're seeing is not only are people leaving the Catholic Church, but they're becoming witches. Yeah. Well, I think that it's time for the Catholic Church Uh to come back with a vengeance against these witches. Okay. And initially I was thinking to myself, well, you're going to make your money by basically bringing back the witch trials. Mm-hmm. You're going to be like the number one guy, the, 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 the inquisitor, the grand inquisitor mm-hmm. of all of the witch trials. But I don't know if you can get away with just killing a bunch of kids no. like you used to be able to. And I thought, but then how are you going to make money off of this? And then I was watching the news, and we just saw the whole thing about Cambridge Analytics blowing up. Yeah. And the process by which they took data mm-hmm. and basically split this country in two. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're going to do. Okay. You're going to Cambridge Analytics. You're going to play both sides. All right. You're going to go to the Catholic diocese and say, you're going to show them all this information. You're going to say, we need to get Catholics back. To the church. We need to get these kids out of witchdom. We need to show the world what's yeah. going on, and we're going to do it by targeted advertising on Facebook, yeah. Twitter, through all the social meds, which all these kids are down with, right? You like them using the lingo yeah, yeah. that the kids use. Then you're going to go to the Wiccans and go, can you believe what the Catholic Church is doing? They're trying to turn the world against you. We need to get back at them, uh-huh. and we're going to do it by targeting people through social meds and get them to turn on the Catholic Church, and you're going to play both sides against each other okay. for an eternal warfare, as has been going on for millions and trillions of years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or at least, you know, a, f- a couple hundred. Um <laughs> And uh, you're just going to sit back and you're just going to watch money pour into your pockets. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Catholic Church alone. Yeah, a lot of money. A lot of money there, man. Vatican I was, Analytics. I was I was reading, trying to find out how much the Catholic Church is worth, and that's a little hard to find out. Yeah. But a couple things I saw. The Vatican itself, just the Vatican, yeah. is valued at $15 billion. Oh, sure. Okay? Easy. The operating costs for the Catholic Church, Archdiocese or the in in just the United States uh-huh. is a hundred and seventy eight billion dollars a year. That's just the United States. Yeah. Latin America, Africa, where they're getting all of their people now. Mm-hmm. Asia, Asia. Yeah. Is it is Catholicism growing in Asia? Lock- I thought evangelical. Massively. I thought evangelicism e- was growing is. in Asia. Um. So there you go, guys. That's how, that's how you're going to do it. Yeah. Fantastic. That's good. Yeah. Vatican Analytica. You call there it. you go, and uh, what, what's the what, what? What that's for when you're helping out the uh, the, the, the Catholic Church. What are you going to call it when you're helping out the Wiccans? Uh, you're going to call it um, I don't know, Narnia Analytica. Narnia Analytica. Narnia. Narnia isn't witches, man. Witches. 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 The Black Forest Analytica. Oh God, no! We'll we'll figure something. Well, out. Well, you figure it out, guys. You can't do everything <laughs> That's for right. you. We just give you the ideas. That's you right. Flesh out the bits. That's right. Hey, if if uh, you're like, great idea, Josh. I'd love to give you some money for that idea and keep this Fucking show rocking and rolling. You can go to radiofreebrooklyn.com, 
Go to the Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel show page. Hit the pledge button. Pledge an amount. Half that money will go to Josh and I. I went and visited the show page. Uh-huh. I went. I I did everything you just said. Yeah. I even went to the donate button. Yeah. And then I didn't donate anything. Okay. You. It was a test run. It was. Uh, and half the money go to Radio Free Brooklyn. Keep their uh, lights on. If uh, if you decide that's not the way you want to go, we're already rich enough. Then you can go to the RadioFreeBrooklyn.com webpage. Hit the other button. That's something like pledge, and uh-huh. pledge an amount. All that money goes Radio Free Brooklyn. None of that money comes to us, and you get a tax break. Because Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 charitable organization. You need to figure out how to slow down certain words so people know what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> and then, like, speed up other ones. You seem to, you, you, you like, over-enunciate the small words. Okay. And then you blow through the big words. Yeah. So it sounds like when you say charitable organization, charitable? it sounds like you're sneezing. It doesn't sound like it does. Charitable is it's fantastic. Is it fantastic? Oh, it's, it's, it's a, big and beautiful. Yeah. You know, we have a a theory on this show. Uh huh. Which is what I didn't know we had theories on this show. We do. And just <laughs> like we don't think there's such a thing as rich enough. Uh huh. We also don't think there's such a thing as enough topics in a single show. So that's why every show we have a topic, a great one to get you so rich. This week it's witches. We also have another mini topic to get you even more rich because there's never enough. Uh, so, Mr. Josh, please take it away. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm going to be showing you how to win the lottery using parallel realities. Now, the idea behind this is that we are constantly shifting through parallel realities and that depending upon who we are being in the moment, the beliefs that we have and the state of being that we're in, the action that we're taking, that will determine which parallel reality we shift to. And the only moment that exists is now and what we think of as movement is actually the shifting through parallel realities. Most people, when they think about the lottery and winning the lottery, when they go to get the numbers, they are focused on, I hope I pick the winning numbers. That's what they're focused on. But understand that the numbers haven't even been chosen yet. It's about picking numbers. Maybe you pick numbers you're passionate about through numbers that you uh, you know, like. You pick those numbers. Then, from that point forward, it's about shifting to the parallel reality where you have won. So focus on being in that state. Focus on really looking at the beliefs that you have. Because many people will say that they want to win the lottery, but they'll have a very strong belief that thinks that once you become rich, you're a horrible person. Or they think that... Uh, that it's like not a spiritual thing, that's the funniest one, to become wealthy. So when we start to see that those beliefs might kind of come up, we can look at those beliefs and choose to let them go. There you go. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. You just basically, you don't, so, it, it was so full of things that he states as sort of like facts yeah. that each minor statement begs so many questions. Yeah. I don't understand this idea that there's no actual movement. You're just passing through the different realities. Yeah. 
So every step you take mm-hmm. is a different reality. Is, is just a billion realities. It's like a it's like a flip book cartoon, mm-hmm. and each page is its own reality. It uh, makes no sense to me. Yeah, that's because you think that if you were rich, you'd be a bad person. I I I don't think if I were rich, uh-huh. I would be a bad p- person. I think there are a lot of you bad. You think it people. would change just because you're rich? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I think I'd be a much nicer person uh-huh. if uh, I were rich. I'd be a, a sweetheart. No, you wouldn't. I'd walk down the street just handing out money. You would become a terrible... You are a person who would become a bad person when you were rich. What are you talking about? Rich. I'd be a nice guy. It would open up like such a thing with you. How would I put it? So, like, <laughs> I think your niceness uh-huh. is based on the fact that you want stuff from people all the time. You need people to give you stuff all the time. Like what? Everything. Everything. Food. Okay. Water. Oats money, and corn. Oats and corn. <laughs> <laughs> they need to feed your penis. Um, and, you know, once you don't need them anymore, uh-huh. you're going to become like, oh, I don't have to be nice to these people anymore. Yeah, I don't need true. anything from them. Ugh. Then you're real. The real Noel Deneen. The Noel Deneen that I see all the time. Yeah. That's the guy that'll you come guys, out. give me some money so I can start telling everyone where to go. Hey, so I have a question out there for our listeners. I sent Noel a dick pic today. <laughs> he sent me a picture of Herschel, Josh's dog's wiener. Yeah. So, And he decided that that was the most horrible thing <laughs> yeah. that a human being could have done. I didn't think it was that horrible. I mean, dogs don't care. It wasn't manipulated in any way. No. there is. It was just a picture of, of my dog's dick. When he was laying on the couch. When he was laying on his couch. Not unsheathed. Not, nothing like no, that. Nothing um, un- so toward. I the... just, he thought it was horrible and disgusting yes. that I was I was uh, yes. abusing and uh, 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 doing terrible things to my dog. Yeah. And I need to know what you guys think about it. <laughs> yeah, reach out and tell Josh what yeah. you think about what, him sending what? me... <laughs> Pictures of his dog's wiener. <laughs> I don't think you're going to win this one, Josh. It's not about winning. This isn't a question about winning. People may call it stupid. Okay. They may call it juvenile. Okay. I accept all of those oh, things. No, you're getting a lot of people who are going to be like, that's rape. <laughs> you are I've, Doggy Weinstein. I don't think anybody who listens to our show would accuse me of Hound raping dog my dog. Weinstein. I'm not saying there aren't people out there who wouldn't accuse uh-huh. but I can't imagine at this point that anyone who listens to this show... Uh, thinks that that would be dog rape. Lewis CK9. <laughs> <laughs> you're a horrible person for thinking that. Like to me, I think that's more disgusting that your mind goes there. What? That you that like you you would call call me like Louis CK9. That you're saying that I would like jerk my dirt dog off in front of you. No, you would you would probably do it in front of your dog. In front of my dog? Yeah, and just be like, you guys sit there and watch a dog. You know, anyone who has dogs has probably unintentionally done that on several occasions. Probably. You know, dogs are just, they're dogs. Sure. They don't care. My poor tree. <laughs> anyway, Noel. Anyway. Uh, witches. Witches, guys. Get uh, your witches from witches. Yeah, hey, ching-a-ching. Uh, when you think about witches, what do you think about? Well, I'll tell you what you think about. You think about brooms. Do you? Yeah. Witches are famous for them. Always have them. Fly around on them. They are iconic witch uh, accoutrements. Yes. They, I was just thinking accoutrements. Yeah. So uh, I thought, like, where'd that all come from? Well, turns out uh, you can find that out if you look online. Uh <laughs> 
<laughs> in uh, in Europe, in the Middle Ages and Renaissance, uh, people would leave their rye bread out, and a uh, a fungus would often grow on it called ergot, or yeah, I guess it's called ergot. E R G O T. It's either that or what's ergot. the R? M E something what? Grammy Oscar Tony. Yeah, egot. What's the er? What's the R? Uh, a Razzie. A Razzie. Emmy Razzie. Yeah. Uh, Grammy, Grammy Oscar Tony. Yeah. So ergot. an ergot would grow on it, uh, uh, the fungus. And if consumed in high doses, ergot is lethal. In smaller doses, turns out it is a powerful hallucinogen. Really? Yep. And uh, people would experience dancing mania. And would dance in the streets and speak gibberish and have visions. Many of these visions were of flying witches. Love making. <laughs> that was an awkward, dramatic pause. That was there. a good one. <laughs> Couldn't find your place. Yeah, huh? no, I got it. I got it right here. Many of the visions were of flying. Uh huh. Witches. witches. <laughs> <laughs> Love making crazy potions out of herbs and fungus. Uh-huh. And guess what? They found out about ergot. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, here's the thing about ergot. Taking it orally causes nausea, vomiting, pain, <clears throat> your skin to itch, a host of other bad side effects. Uh-huh. Letting it absorb into your skin, though, has no side effects. Gets rid of them all. So it just gets you high. Yeah. I'm surprised no one has uh, uh, manufactured this. Yeah. I know. It, 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 it's a, Maybe they do something different because they, they really just kept talking about this fungus as if it was just something from back then. And maybe just because rye was so much more prevalent. I don't know. Well, I don't know what. I, I still can't imagine if it's something that's such a hallucinogen, and we know how people mm-hmm. love hallucinogens in this culture, these kids with yeah. the raves and stuff like that. Uh, I can't imagine that someone didn't just like, you know what, let's leave out some rye breads. and uh, Yeah. Well, I'm sure witches do, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, so uh, the witches took it, did their uh, potion magic on it, mm-hmm. and made it into a bomb mm-hmm. uh, where they would put it on the end of a broom and take it as a suppository. <laughs> That's true. So the witches would take it as a suppository. Everyone would. Um, I don't understand. Well, what do you mean everyone would? So they would force it up people's bums? Anyone who wanted to do it. Oh, but it was by it was by choice. It, it was they, by choice. They, they were just sneaking just, up and okay. Bloop it. Okay. It was by choice. Yeah. But the 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 way to do it, your kit, as they say in Junkie Land. Uh huh. Was, was a broom, a broom handle, broom handle. I can't imagine that was comfortable. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, okay, I know. Like so, splinters, like genuinely splinters. These things were not like you know I well know. milled and manufactured I know. back then. So, uh, but that's why they call it. That's why they say witches fly on their brooms because they have the broom sticking out of their ass and they're flying high on. The and they're ergot. having visions of flying. Oh, I they, see. Right. Uh, and so that's insane. Yes, that's got to. Someone's got to 
make that a scene in a movie about witches I'm sure where these witches somewhere. do this ceremony yeah. and they jam a broom handle up their ass yeah. and then start hallucinating that they're flying and just run around well, the room. And, and it sounds like people that considered themselves witches maybe would uh, do this as like one of their rituals. Right. Right. Sure. They dance yeah. around naked around a fire or uh-huh. something like that probably. Uh, and so uh, as you were getting at, have you ever seen a witch's broom? Ugh. It looks like a branch that was torn from a freaking tree with some straw tied to the end of it. Uh, had to be unsanitary. Had to leave splinters. Uh-huh. They, they, so, ugh. This is what you're going to do, people. You're going to make witches' brooms designed with the application of ergot in <laughs> mind. Right? The uh-huh. tip of the broom, it should be slender and smooth and easily washable mm-hmm. and not like a torn piece of tree yeah absolutely uh it should be easily washable yeah and not sure. just like a chunk of bark it you know maybe even made out of silicone or something well uh, my other point was maybe even have disposable tips uh-huh like the little kitchen right. finger condoms uh-huh have finger, them finger cots those are known as all right say whatever you want they're broom fin- cots okay uh-huh uh and you can have those on the end of this broom you know, help help a poor witch out. Yeah, for reals. <laughs> you know, for reals. I'm with you 100. percent That's crazy. Did uh, you know, witches being the feminine, I guess, of 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 that world. Well, no, you know what? I I did read something actually, and male witches are called male witches, and and warlocks are something even more specific. And warlocks, what about wizards, is, uh, wizards. I guess they're a witch. <laughs> And sorcerers? Uh-huh. Sorcerers is another one. We're I mean call all... them witches. Yeah, okay. Um did did but we, we're not used to until Harry Potter mm-hmm. the idea of a, a wizard or a sorcerer or anything like that sitting on a broom uh-huh. and flying around yeah. was not necessarily a, a thought of thing, right? No, come on. All as a kid, every time you anything came up about a witch, she was, she was riding on a broom. Those little cardboard things yeah, people the, would put the, in their no, no, windows no, no. on the, Halloween. The, a, a, fe- on a, a female witch. Yeah. Yeah, but not a male witch is what I'm saying. Well, I think like that... Like the, 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 the visual of a male witch, mm-hmm. so a, a wizard, a warlock, a sorcerer, whatever the fuck you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, you'd never see them riding the broom. So I'm wondering if male witches would do this as well. Is if, really if they were I'm into ergot, at. they would. But I assume they were all into ergot. Yeah. Me too. So, you know, and then, and I suppose it's been whitewashed. So History's been whitewashed. I mean, I guess this day and age, yeah. you could just make an actual suppository out of it. Yeah. And not even bother shoving it up there with a broom. No, ritual. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look, I think that's a great idea, man. I think that's a fantastic idea. Or you could just make a sex toy uh-huh. that's shaped like a broom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I bet you it exists. <laughs> I'm sure you could, you know, so it's marketed on a lot of different levels. Yeah. You know, it's marketed as just as a sex toy, as a novelty sex toy for the witch in your life, for yeah. the Wiccan in your life. Uh, and it also serves a purpose for... Uh, ergot. Ergot. Yeah. And then, you know, you could leave it up there and just walk around with it under your clothes mm-hmm. and you could feel like you're flying on your broom all all the time. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So one or the other, guys. <laughs> or both. Or both. It's up to you. Yeah. Up to you. Solid idea, no. Solid idea. 
Um, I mentioned Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mention him again. I thought you were doing a sl- smooth transition. It was not intended to be a smooth transition, but it did strike me that I remember when I read those books and saw those movies. Uh-huh. That was the first time I had ever heard of a male witch on a broom. Yeah. You know, and you accept that. You, you suspend your disbelief because, you know, it's a, it's a world that you want to be a part of. And you're like, cool. Male witches on brooms. Mm-hmm. In fact, more male witches on brooms apparently than female witches. Seems like. On, in that in that world, we've appropriated the room. But let's talk about that world for a minute. So this summer, Harry Potter, uh-huh. the first book, yeah, turned twenty years old. Okay, it's crazy, right? I guess. Did you read them? No. You're like the only person in the world that had made possibly the only person in the world that has. I've only read them. very recently watched a few of the movies. Okay, so let's talk about okay Harry Potter books. All right. Uh, the books have collectively sold more than 500 million copies, yeah. making them the best-selling series of all time. Uh, the final four novels consecutively set records for the fastest-selling book in history. The series has made uh, J.K. Rowling mm-hmm. the first and only billionaire author. Wow. Yep. Uh, it, the series has been translated into 73 languages, eight movies, uh, several spin-off books and films, and merchandise like crazy. Uh, in the 20 years since the first novel was published, the world of Harry Potter is valued at more than $25 billion. It's a lot of money, dude. Sure is. How are you going to get that money? So this is an entire generation of children ranging from... 20, well, we'll say if 20, the first people that started reading this maybe started reading it when they were eight years old, nine years old, uh-huh. 29 to as young as seven or eight. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fucking people. Yeah. While 500 million copies of the books collectively have sold, that means there's now an, an entire generation that is getting these books handed down to them. Mm-hmm. So we're talking potentially a billion people in this world who have read these books and fallen in love with this world. This is so straightforward, it's not even funny. <laughs> okay. You're going to open a real Hogwarts school of witchcraft and wizardry. Okay. It's going to be a boarding school in a f- secret location. People are going to fucking blow up trying to go there as children. and Or as adults, because you can do it either as like a real boarding school, mm-hmm. where you learn real school stuff that needs to be learned, plus all the wizard and wizardry stuff, the wizard and witching and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or you can just do it as a school of witchcraft and wizardry where people of all ages can come who believe that they're witches and wizards and the whole thing and and learn. Yeah. But, I mean, this is it. You're you're opening Hogwarts, and you're going to make a fucking fortune. Yeah, you will. So there you Huge go. Huge money. That's it. That's super simple. That's great. Uh, hey, guys, if you want to get in touch with us and give us ideas for shows or tips or some feedback or just say hi, you can get us on Twitter at grqjoshnoll. You can email us your feelings about doggy dick pics <laughs> at GRQ with Josh and Noel at gmail.com. You looked right in my eyes uh-huh. and you said that like a dead I'm gonna man. Star- I'm going like to start. Dead eyes. So this is what I think is going to be. Okay. I'm going to start an IG account called doggy dick pics. Uh-huh. And it's just going to be all pictures of dogs' dicks. Yeah. And see if, if Instagram uh, 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 shuts me down. Yeah. If they don't shut me down, then it's not dirty. Okay. And it's it's A-OK. Okay. 
If you're uh, Putin, you can get us on Facebook at Facebook slash GRQ Josh Knoll. Uh, you can go on iTunes or anywhere you get a podcast, subscribe, rate, review. If you only listen to uh, some podcasts, <laughs> tune in sometime on uh, Saturday nights at 8 o'clock, Radio Free Brooklyn. Should we start, like, set up a thing and film us and start a YouTube channel? Maybe. Let us know if you think that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, and so get there early, listen to Art Star Scene, stick around after, listen to It's All Nice on Nice. Uh you guys got a lot of money in your pockets at this point. About time. What are you going to do with that money? Josh is going to tell you right now. Send that money! It was only a matter of time before Louis Vuitton came out with their own $8,250 skateboard. The potential for crossover was simply too big, since everyone knows there's nothing stone teenagers like more than Louis Vuitton, and nothing that the super wealthy like more than tearing up skate parks. The board premiered at their launch in Soho, where one could also buy $250 t-shirts. Did you go to that Louis Vuitton in your neighborhood of Soho and buy an $8,500 uh, skateboard? I got like a thousand of them. Yeah, that seems yeah. like you. What the fuck happened? <laughs> you know what happened? I apologize, guys. <laughs> At the end of the last uh, segment, I didn't turn the volume for, for that down. So, But when this one started, I turned it up. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah i've never jumped so far out of this chair that's what you get in for my life creepy dog pics uh <laughs> you guys uh we know our ideas are fantastic uh how do you know they're as good as we do it's because josh scours the r- internet for rules of getting rich quick to which we judge our schemes by josh where do our rules come from this week uh we did so few of them we're gonna do it again from the 10 commandments of getting rich from grant cardone tv all right uh, number one, don't get in the wrong vehicle. That's right. Don't get uh, on a mop. Get on a broom. Uh. <laughs> 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 yeah, what happens? Can you use a mop if your broom is broken or something like that? I don't know. Uh, number two, you must save. Yeah. You must save. You must... Uh, Save the poor uh, witches that are getting lynched by... Just put on some witch-proof <laughs> underwear, right? Don't let them steal to begin with. Save your penis is what Save he's saying. Save your penis, too. Save your penis. Yeah. Um, number three, don't be normal. <laughs> yeah, don't be normal. Go to Hogwarts. There you go. Nice. I like that. And number four, don't disregard math. Sacred geometry, my friend. We didn't talk about it, but it's a thing. Okay. It's a Wiccan thing. They love the sacred geometry. Sure, or that could be about the the, the tip of the week, the, the going through planes. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And finally, you ready? Yeah. This is the final, right? You yeah. must have a target. Yeah, you must have a target. Yeah. Okay. Good enough. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we blew through those rules because we don't even really need to do them anymore because we know we're getting rich. So once again, for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place. Thank you.